G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't worry about your uh, your superstars and just focuses on the less, no- less knowns and the players that are going to be relevant to your Keeper League. As per usual, I am joined by my co-host Kaze. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. My, name, my name's Hef, by the way. I forgot to introduce myself in the intro. Everyone, it's Hef. Yeah, I think I think we've we've listened to us long enough now to understand. Yes. Our loyal listeners know who we are. I'm uh, the talented one, and Hef is just the the ugly know. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on a visual medium. No one knows what we look like. Oh, they do now. Anyway, uh, let's uh, talk about some football. Did you watch much this weekend? Uh, I was lucky enough to be at the Essen Doval on Friday night to watch the Mighty Bombers beat oh, yeah. the Hapless Crows. Yep. Uh, and then a bit on Sunday afternoon, uh, doing a few jobs around the place. But uh, some interesting results. It should be an fo- uh, interesting little last five weeks heading into the finals with... Uh, a few final spots up for grabs, even though probably most of the teams vying for them don't deserve it. Yeah, that's true. And uh, yeah, and the finals race itself, or well, the finals itself should be interesting. There's uh, mm. some pretty exciting teams going around now and uh, yeah, should be good. Yes. Bit of news, Hef. What do we got? Uh, we got Jarman Impey done himself a mischief. I uh, know. ACL gone for 12 months. So yeah, sad. He was really starting to play good footy. Yeah, it was about time because he hadn't done it really in his uh, career. Been a relevant mm. fantasy player and he's just starting to uh, come into the frame. But yeah. uh, anyway, what was interesting about it, we saw on the weekend, I guess, was Daniel Howe play a bit of a bit more loose in defence and uh, run around a bit more and get a few <laughs> kicks and get a few points. So hopefully that uh, that comes through. The only thing is, I guess, with uh, Jarman Impey kind of runs through, no, push breaks the line, pushes through, kicks goals, that sort of thing. I don't know if Down is going to be doing that, so they might want to mm. bring in someone who's a bit more attacking. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure Jack Scrimshaw might be someone that might come through there, but uh, that's uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens on the weekend. But yeah, it could be interesting, and I reckon there might be you know some a bit of a I guess a boost in some people's numbers if uh, taking over Jarman Impey's spot. Mm. Uh, Chris Main is another one who is injured. Um, you think one of the uh, Josh Thomas or Jamie Elliott would come in there to yeah. replace his kind of forward presence? Uh, you know, he was scoring pretty well this season, uh, Chris Main. So, yeah. um, you know, we, both of those guys, Ellie and Thomas, have been a bit disappointing this year yeah. after, you know, having pretty half-decent um, pre-seasons. We kind of thought they might have been on the upward trend for some good scores, but uh, it'd be interesting to see. I, I can't see them really doing too much damage. Well, my, my thinking is just if, um, and I can't, I don't really know if this is actually going to come to fruition, but we saw her in the season when uh, in the in the NAB Cup games, uh, is that what it's still called? JLT? I don't even know what it's JLT. called anymore. Uh, JLT games where Josh Thomas was playing in the midfield a lot more. And now, Collingwood's midfield is quite depleted at the moment, so mm. they might actually see some minutes in there. So it's probably worth watching. I don't know if it actually happened, but it might be good to see. Braden size one whose numbers have been pretty yeah. poor. You know, is there a bump for him? Maybe. Yeah, um, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. And Jack Viney is the last one. You've got in these show notes Petraka to run through the middle more. Well, I'm hoping that well, happens. He needs to because he's such a disappointment. <laughs> he's, so, he's not that bad <laughs> for a forward. Anyway. I keep. I feel like I'm just saying this the same way. Broken record. Yes. Uh, but yeah. So I guess um, well, my thinking is they probably just run Petrarca through the middle a little bit, little bit more, and uh, Oscar Baker might come in. Or um, we've we've had a listener that keeps tweeting about Corey Maynard, and he's had another good week at the uh, the VFL. It's Braden, so. bro- it's Braden's brother. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Right. Didn't mm. know that. Uh, makes sense. But yeah, he's had another good week in the VFL. So we just thought we'd mention him in there. The only thing he's actually going to come in, but uh, you know, keeping Jeez. that keeping oh. that listener's hopes up. Well, Melbourne <laughs> a shot. They need to drop Jordan Lewis. You know, I want to see him play. Can, That's yeah. why I've just got him written there. They should play everyone. Where's yeah. KK, he needs to come back too. Yeah, that'd be good actually. Let's move on. Have round rewind, please.
Okay, on to the Round Rewind, the segment where we recap all of the weekend's games and find all the keeper-relevant uh, players in the league and, uh, yeah, talk about what they did good and what they did uh, not so good. Let's start with a game you were at, Kays, live at the ground, Adelaide Crows versus Essendon. Yes, I'm the good luck charm too from two for me this season, live Bombers games, but... Uh, Look, I'm going to start with a guy who is definitely keeper league material here, Mitch Brown. I just love him. Everyone seems to, you know, want to bag him, but um, he just does his job week in, week out for the team. Um, what I do like about what he's doing at the moment is because we've basically got no tools, Hurley's out, we've got no Ruckman, uh, means Buckets, McKernan has to ruck, um, we're short what down back. Yeah. I think it just opens up Mitch Brown to actually be pretty good for the uh, back half of the year scoring-wise. He's averaging 70 this year, and I think just – because he's now their number one forward, we have issues with Fantasia. We have issues with bloody Laverde. And look at his matchup. He's got Gold Coast this week. So I think if you were an astute coach and you need someone to fill a forward spot, I'd be putting Mitch Brown in there because I reckon he can kick a bag again this week and uh, really score well. Yeah, I like him as a streamer as your you know, mm. defence or last forward option. It's not the worst idea. Yeah. Uh, Mason Redmond, he had a very good game too. Uh, probably turned over a couple of times, um, but uh, he backs himself in, which I like. 25 touches and 85 points. So he's got a 66.6 average this season and I'm looking for some growth in 20. 2020. I think the the Don's back line's looking pretty settled there with um, you know Gleeson, Redmond, the two speedsters, Saad and McKenna. So uh, once we get Hurley and um, what's his name, Hooker, all ready to go back there, I think that's going to be a very, very uh, settled and dynamic back line. So Mason Redmond, lock him in for some good numbers next year. And they're still available in a lot of uh, leagues, I think, as well. Mm, so GOB. And uh, Marty Gleeson, uh, another one who did well, uh, finding his feet in there after basically 18 months off. 20 touches and 80 points, just uh, nice and steady. Um, injury crawled, obviously, as we know, but I think he's probably on the way back up. I, I don't think he's got a massive ceiling. I think he's a pretty consistent, you know, high 70s, 80 average Batman. But, you know, you take that every day of the week. Tough tough to make that call on for him being a keeper looking ahead, but uh, someone you probably draft early-ish uh, next year to kind of fill that void in your back line. And lastly for the Bombers, Will Snelling, just uh, one of the boys who got picked up mid-season. 58 points for him and a nice sausage on debut. Um, his VFL numbers have been pretty good, have yeah. that we've been tracking. I just think in terms of his position in the team, um, it's kind of hard to see where his role sits, especially if Fantasia and Laverto come back in soon. But um, I just think his scoring ability in the AFL is probably capped at around that, you know, that, that half-forward flanker role that we see, which is that 60-70 point scorer. But um, unless he gets that run through the middle like he's probably got in the VFL, um, we're not expecting those big, you know, 80, 90, 80, 90, 100 numbers. No, you never know, though. Like, if he does actually get a few more consistent games in and uh, does get a run through that midfield, he could go okay. He's got the potential there. But, yeah, you're right. With Fantasia and uh, Laverde probably coming back in, it's going to be hard to see him playing consistently. Mm. Uh, on to the Crows. Disappointing night for them. But uh, Paul Seedsman was pretty handy. 95 points there. He's had a very disappointing season. Um, you probably think that he'd be a – would have been a lock for most keeper spots last year, but he's only averaging 65 He's 27, and uh, I just don't know about him in terms of future of, you know, obviously most people have 12 or 16 team uh, sixteen uh, positions in their keeper legs. I just, he's obviously not a keeper there, but he's just a bit of a conundrum as to what to go because he's going to be a centre again. It's these guys who can be very, very annoying to peg, but uh, can score on his day. 
One that I do like the look of towards the back end of the season is Luke Brown. So I think he's been the beneficiary of Brody Smith's midfield time. So Smith's racked up two big games there um, with some big numbers, but he's obviously pushing into the midfield, which has kind of allowed Luke Brown to be that uh, kind of attacking half banker, backer, back pocketer. So he had 86 from 24 touches and 18 kicks, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he's 61 average this year, but he's had an 86 and a 91 in the last two weeks that Brody Smith's gone through the guts. So yeah. might be one to kind of start playing, um, especially while the Crows are trying a few things in their midfield. Yeah, probably not just him. Just look at all Adelaide uh, defenders because it's creating a few more points. It's opening up a few holes that mm. uh, people are jumping into field. So keep an eye on all those. Oh, yeah. And lastly, Rob. I'm going to quickly touch on Riley O'Brien. He's obviously too good for the pod, Hef. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people are looking forward to their keepers or, you know, maybe listening to this pod to do redrafts or uh, start up keeper leagues next year. Where where do you put Rob in the whole scheme of things? Probably just in terms of Ruckman, I'm, I'm talking here. Pick 18. That's always where I draft my Ruckman. So. <laughs> so that's my answer. <laughs> so you take, but he's not going to go there. But, you know, yes, you. But like in the whole scheme of Ruckman this year, is he the fourth best? Is he kind of sitting in below wits? Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd have, you know, yeah, Grundy, oh, definitely. I'm scoring potential right. right now. And I can, like, there's no one coming in, like, unless Crows, which is becoming more and more unlikely, do actually pick up a Ruckman next year in the trade period, which I don't think is actually going to happen. No. Um, yeah, well, he does. He's probably the top five mm, yeah, well, scoring wise. Well, there was that Grundy talk, but obviously that's going to die down because he's been playing quite well. So yeah. wasting picks and all well, that. Well, he's also re-signed for another few years as well. Mm. So that kind of indicates that maybe that might not happen. Mm. Um, so so you'd yeah. be licking your lips if you're a Rob Holder, I think. Oh, definitely. Like yeah. you've gotten lucky though, because no one's yeah. actually predicted this. I don't. If you're telling me you saw this coming, no. you're a liar. I will not tell you that because yeah. I did not see that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Richmond Port Hef. Hashtag Zach Ken. All right. Uh, Carl Amon, 103 Hang points. On, you've still got like eight Port players you want to talk about in this right wind up. And yeah. they're still horrible, are they? Well, no. It's more so about things I've said in the past and I'm admitting I'm wrong or, you know, things that have I happened. I love it when <laughs> you admit you're wrong. Continue. Continue. <laughs> well, I'm not admitting I'm wrong, but anyway. Um, Carl Amon had 103 points. Uh, he's probably too good for the podcast now. Still available in a lot of leagues, though. So. Mm. Get on board that guy. Uh, Matthew Broadbent had 100 points. Uh, 21 kicks. And a lot of these were from kick-ins as well. So, mm-hmm. we want to try to grab the guys that take the kick-ins. Definitely. So, um, another one is available in lots. But he um, took marks across halfback too. He had nine of those. And he should hold because he was probably one of the better players and a pretty dismal side on the weekend. So, yep. Andy pick up again off the waivers if you can get him. Uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones has had consecutive good weeks. He had 93 points this week. Little bit of midfield time and won a few clearances, which was nice. Um, it's interesting to see how he this plays out for the future. Like, as he should hold on to his defender status. Like, he's played there majority of the year, but mm-hmm. he can be used to, you know, tag or run through the middle as like a bit of a hard nose inside mid, depending on who's in, who's out, mm-hmm. and who's performing well and who isn't. So, he's a pretty interesting prospect. Uh, I'll definitely be uh, looking at him in, yeah, keeper leagues to kind of hopefully hold down a back spot in your team for a few years to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Westhoff, here's one we talked about. Uh, I guess, you know, 93 points. We'd, we said he's probably going to play more of a fantasy-friendly role now. Dixon's playing and uh, Ryder's out of the side. So he's uh, mused up the ground a lot more. But he was lining up on a wing, the wing a lot in the last couple of weeks. So you get the centre bounce and you see him standing there. Yep. And he takes those loose marks in defence as well. But, uh, you know, this is the role you wanted to play. But he's, he's made a lot of dumb decisions. And I reckon it could see him get dropped again. There was just a few things. And Ken Hinckley wasn't really happy with him in the presser either. So, again, he, he might not hold his spot but if he does play he does score well so it's hard to kind of judge it's crazy because uh, you know as a non-port supporter I think he's pretty integral to port playing well because you know he can literally be put anywhere on the ground well, and kind of plug a hole and yes you might make some mistakes but you know who are you bringing in and are they going to do a better job you know I know they're very kid focused this season and potentially your season's slipping but you know surely you're playing him you know that's well like I just think he, like they, he's what, they, what everyone says he's the barometer and mm. at the moment he's just not 
ticking the right way. Um, I'd like to see Todd Marshall on the side, not fantasy relevant, but uh, he's a you know first round draft pick, supposed to be the best key forward of that draft, and he's just wallowing away in the twos doing nothing when there's definitely a spot for him and no one else is doing anything. So uh, getting too political now though. Darcy Fogarty says hi from across as well. <laughs> he's watching Supercross, we take him. A bit slow, I think. Uh, anyway, who am I up to? Uh, we just talked about Justin Westhoff. So Xavier Dersma, um, 84 points. And yeah, because he returned the side because he shouldn't have been dropped. Um, this is the last time I'm going to mention him. He's a fantasy player. He might not be too good for the podcast, but I, th- he's taken up in all the leagues and, mm. you know, no one's getting him anymore. So there's no point mentioning him anymore. So uh, yeah, for, the, for this year anyway, Xavier Dersma is not going to be mentioned anymore. Dare you to do that. All right. I'll try to. It's going to be hard. Uh, Dan Houston, uh, ouch, uh, 48 points. Scored well in the midfield the last few weeks, but he's moved back to defence. Did run through the middle a little bit late in the game, uh, but just couldn't get his hands on when he was in in there. So, I don't know. There was a patch earlier in the season where he was going ham, but now he's just kind of dropped back to what he was doing, and he's just still too inconsistent. I think he copped a concussion in the last quarter as well. Yeah, he did. Um, But that was late, so it doesn't really affect the scoring too much. Did Port have too many same players. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll probably draft three more of them next year yeah. the same because that's just what we it's do. It's kind of like the Bulldogs where like yeah. they're all good fantasy yeah. players but you can't fit, you know, 10 fantasy players into, you yeah. know, six fantasy-friendly no. positions. The recruiting department's got a lot to answer for, I think. Uh, Hamish Harlett only had 37, so there's another same ouch thing, here. Yeah. Um, yeah, he should bounce back but he just couldn't get his hands on it and structurally, Port's defence was awful. Like, he just seemed to be I don't know if it was him or the, you know, the defensive structure, probably him actually, but just always seemed to be caught in the middle or just, you know, out of the play or just in, you know, really bad spot defensively. So Mm -hmm. um, just one of those weeks where, yeah, he just didn't score too well and uh, just couldn't get his hand on the ball. And And, sorry. Yeah. Richmond players. uh, Yeah. Let's go on. So Tom Lynch had a hundred points, gave clear an absolute bath and he had kicked three goals four. So it could have been anything if he kicked straight on the night. So just one to think about now, Richmond have their last, well, they've played two games there already. And then they've got their next five or the last remaining games. I mean, there is Mm. at the MCG. So, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if some of these Richmond players just got into a groove and uh, yeah, started performing a bit more consistently than they have earlier in the season. So Tom Lynch, I reckon is definitely one to look out for, especially just, you know, having such an injury upgrade year last year, it takes, you know, fair chunk of the year yep. to get back into it. And he's just starting to hit his straps, I think. So yep. Jack Rewalt coming in to take a bit of pressure off of him. I like the look of him at the moment. Mm. Uh, Jason Castagna, he had a good game with 85 points and he was just playing a high half forward role. But the high half forward role is, is funny because um, traditionally it was a bit of a, a shit position for fantasy. But now you see them kind of with, I guess, the 6-6-6 and the way they structure up, they move more into the midfield like with yep. the rest of the with the way the zone works and things like that. So they do get a few kicks across the middle there and he's kind of playing that role really well. So um, he's had 92 from his past three and Richmond have, you know, it's been pretty obvious and the commentators are always talking about it, about Richmond's high possession game plan where they're using the handball a lot. So so that's not as conducive, but it's kind of good because a lot of players are getting the touch of it. Get more. Yeah, exactly. So he, I reckon he's been a bit of been a beneficiary of that. So um, definitely one to look at going forward. Uh, Nick Vlostone had 83 points and he was a beneficiary of uh, Port's uh, forward structure, I guess, which doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just bombing on Charlie Dixon's head. So he yep. was just floating in and taking marks. So I wouldn't read too much into that one. Although we have seen this season, he you know he scores very well and he takes a lot of marks. So, yeah. you know, if you are looking at matchups for Richmond sides, you know, yeah, play, sure. him, play him against, uh, teams who are, you know, statistically bad, you know, forward entry or poor forward because he can come and chop a lot of balls off like that. Yeah. And uh, Shy Bolton only had 71 this week. And I think Jack Graham came back in and took a bit of the midfield time. Um, but yeah, there could be just a bit more attention going to him as well, or it could just be a shit week, you know. So um, well, I still like the look of him going forward. So just keep your eye on him. But uh, yeah, just a bit of a downer for him. Mm. Uh, Carlton Gold Coast, my game. Uh, Harry McKay, geez, what a jet. Uh, 14 touches, 10 marks, and 102 fantasy points. 
Look, he's just going to be a serious player, and I think if Carlton can ever actually get going, you know, he could be a, a genuine, genuine fantasy gun. I suppose, Hef, you know, you're very anti-key forward, you know, mm-hmm. but we've got some beautiful kids coming through like uh, Norton, McKay, Kerno, you know, all these big key forwards. You know, with these athletic types, is, is these, are these guys that you can kind of trust or, you know, are you still putting a line through, you know, someone who can take grabs like Norton, McKay, etc.? Well, if you look at them average-wise, they're nothing special because it's just – this is, and I don't think key forwards don't have the ability to score. They just don't have the ability to score consistently. That's the way I just say it. Um, so, yeah, I still probably wouldn't be going near – Oh, maybe Norton. I like Norton's just like contested marking ability. So guys that can take grabs like that, it doesn't really matter if they're getting locked down too much because they can still probably pull out a few three-pointers here and mm-hmm. there. Um, he's probably the one I like out of most of those. But uh, Kerno is also a jet, but he's just going to be prone to those dark days. Yeah, it's something like that. Ah, Levi Casbolt. I hope you've been listening to us last week because a rock the Casbolt is serious hot property under David Teague. 95 points and he's averaging 84 in his last five. So, you know, new coach, new kind of way. And Levi Casbolt is licking his lips here. Yeah, just on uh, David Teague as well. A lot of players, you know, they might not be scoring, you know, super massive scores. Someone like Will Setterfield or um, Zach Fisher, they're not, you know, setting the world on fire, but they're definitely improving under David Teague. And it's just mm-hmm. a sign of playing something different, getting more responsibility, more runs, because they've got nothing to lose right now. You know, Brendan Bolton kind of playing for his job, wanting to win some games. At the moment, they're just playing his game plan, trying to just have a bit of fun as well and try a few things. And there's a few beneficiaries here that might mm. be good going forward as well because they can actually prove themselves in different spots. Yeah, Jack Silvani, Jack, uh, Jack Silvani is one of them. Uh, I'm almost a believer. 83 points from him on the weekend. He's now averaging 88 in his last five games. And, you know, you talk about the set of fields Fishers, I reckon Silvani's almost jumped up ahead of those two yeah. in terms of, you know, he's getting the responsibilities, definitely beating someone like Matt Kennedy. And I think that yeah. from a fantasy point of view, you know, you, you got to start looking at him. Well, it's like almost him and Kennedy are swap positions. Mm. Like Kennedy's just stuck up forward now doing nothing. Yeah. Um, Jack Silvani, you know, is having a few, bit of a run through the middle, going up there, kicks a couple of goals, does yeah. whatever he wants. And he's got some tricks. So yeah. um, exciting times and definitely one you'd be looking forward earlier on next year. Well, it's good from David Teague to actually identify that. You see so many coaches just get bogged down with shit structures, defensive mm. and stuff like that. Instead of just playing with flair. Or same old, same old, same yeah, old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just let your players just go out there and just play their natural game <laughs> and, uh, you know, play with a bit of flair, play with a bit of run, play with a bit of dash, play with a bit of, you know, flash as well. Mm. And uh, you never know what a team can do. So, no, yeah. I like it. Uh, Gold Coast, oink, oink. We've got a DT pig warning, I think. Will Brody, geez, 113 from 68% time on ground. Yeah. He's huge. I think his um, disposal efficiency was actually high as well, which really shocked me, more so than his fantasy score. Well, hopefully he keeps getting run. I think yeah. he might have got a bit of a niggle towards the end of the game, but I uh, would love to see him play at the end of the season. I'd love to see, you know, someone like Bose and Ainsworth come back and just kind of see if the, the Gold Coast can get, you know, get a win or two or get something going towards in this season. Probably won't happen, but nah. But uh, <laughs> but low time on ground from Brody all year, really. So his numbers are a bit skewed there because of that uh, low time on ground. So just get him in because he's uh, he's a very, very good fantasy player. So you're telling me that 48 or whatever it was last week came from low time on ground? Uh, I don't actually know. I'm just yeah, asking Yeah, I don't know. I had a quick look and just across the board, it wasn't, you know, you're not massive numbers. So yeah, right. just have a check out of his stats. Okay. Uh, Peter Wright, 88 on the weekend from him. He's um, very consistent really for a tall forward. I was looking through his numbers. Uh, of the 15 games he's played this season, he's only had two scores of 50 or below, which is pretty good for a, for a key forward. He's averaging 70 and he's only 22. So I think there's a bit of value with uh, two-meter Peter going forward. You know, can chop out in the ruck, takes a good grab, always kicks a goal or two. And just one of those ones I know, I keep saying it with Carlton and Gold Coast, but if they can start to improve, you know, I think his numbers will get better. But, you know, really, if, you, if you're talking about, you know, someone who you need for depth looking forward, I think Peter Wright's a good option. Yeah, if they start using him permanently as that backup ruck, he's definitely going to be value. Yeah. 
And another big one, Jack Lacocious. I've been talking about him for a few weeks now, but another 60 out in the weekend. His uh, average is 67 in the last five. I know it's not massive, but I just think it's really good that he's building that consistency. And, you know, if we're talking about stashes or dynasty legs and that kind of thing, I'd be I'd be taking Jack Lacocious for sure. Yep. All right, let's move on to uh, GDS Giants versus Collingwood. So, Zach Williams, I know he's probably too good for the pod, but uh, we kind of go on this podcast because I took him with my second round pick in the uh, the keeper, a pro keeper league uh, initial draft this year. So, I'm sitting top and he's averaging 20, uh, 85 and he's only 24 year old. So, mm. I reckon it's worthy of the second round pick, I reckon, Case. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. I picked up an 85 averaging back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great coach. As, as a 24 year old coming off an injury. Well, that shows is that you wasted your second pick and picked beautifully for the rest of them. Just shows it doesn't matter because I'm just sitting top. So it's all good. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, he's short 104 points and uh, when GWS can actually get their hands on the footy and be competitive, sure is a vital part, I think, to whether they win or lose. Um, he just needs to get the ball into his hands so he can actually use it. Uh, had a poor patch of uh, scoring through the losses and he bounced back with all the wins. So every win he basically, on every good win he scores. So he's mm. a bit of a barometer there as well for mm. uh, GWS. Um, you should be able to get him very cheap because he's most likely going to retire at the, uh, the the end of the season but he plays Gold Coast in round 23 which we highlighted on so that should be mm-hmm. an absolute scoring fest Ooh, so yeah. yeah if you can get him cheap very handy for a grand final I think if you're going to go that far into the season good luck Foss uh, Harry Himmelberg uh, 98 points uh, kicked four goals and uh, gave off a heap too which I don't like uh, had 100% disposal efficiency from uh, 10 po- uh, 12 possessions so mm. had 10 kicks out of them too so that's a very nice ratio he's not going to do this every week but it's a great game and I just think with the goal, uh, sorry GWS forward line there's just a lot of mouth to feed <coughs> with those keys but could be a big round 23 player yeah definitely uh, Sam Reed had 88 points and uh, I guess this was a flash in the pan type stuff his best score in his last five was I've got 88 written here but that's not correct it was um, it was lower than that. I think it was like 58. Mm. I think I've hit the wrong key. So, uh, yeah, um, good game though for this week, but yeah, not something I'd be considering. Uh, Jeremy Finlayson uh, had 77 points. Now, I just want to ask you, Kay, so mm-hmm. where do we see him with his, I guess, uh, keeper potential as a forward? Is he keeper worthy at a 77 average? It's tough. You know, if you're going to, pick out of Cameron Himmelberg and Finlayson, I'd be definitely taking Cameron as a keeper. Oh, of course. Um, Finlayson, depends what you, how you balance out. I think, you know, if you, you've got your 16 keepers, it, there's always more better. There's always more forwards to choose from in a draft than Backman usually. So I think, you know, it's tough. I don't reckon you'd be able to keep him as a forward only. Yeah, well, the thing is, he's going to be a forward only, but he might not continue in that role for the rest of his career as well. Mm. So, we've kind of shown he's got the, a lot of tools there to actually do something yeah. uh, special. But, uh, yeah, I don't know where he sits um, keeper league. Probably not, you know, you're probably not someone you actually are going to be able to fit in if you're playing, you know, 16 to 20 just, keepers. I think it'd yeah. just be squeezed out. Yeah. Uh, Shane Mumford, uh, 25 points, had 11 hit outs with 116 minutes on the ground. <laughs> that makes no sense, does it? Um, is he gone? Is And is Dawson Simpson now the number one ruck? And is that fantasy relevant? Uh, no, I think it's a, a void zone, almost like yeah. West Coast ruck situation. Like they've just got a few bits and pieces and it doesn't really add up to much. Yeah. Well, there's talks of Paddy Ryder going to uh, GWS next season as well. So to fill in the gap for Kieran Briggs, I guess, to come through. But I don't know, if Mumford does go and Dawson does, you know, take the uh, number one ruck mantle there until Briggs is kind of ready. But has he ever been a good scorer? Well, in the last few weeks, he's, you know, he gets around, you know, the low 80s, high 70s, like a few of those in there. Not going to be an awesome scorer, but if you've got no one, like, you know, rucks but are he, so scarcely to come. But you're by. not keeping him. 
No, like if you went, not. if you had, if no, you had, if you had Mumford no, and Simpson, not. Uh, you know, this season, you're no. going into next season. Not I'm thinking less. more draft next year. Like he'll be mm. in the pool, a lot of pools, and he might be someone actually worth. I think you getting. just, I do think you just take him late and yeah, a flyer okay. pick. That would be me anyway. Yeah, it'd be interesting if Paddy Ryder does go there and see where he goes in the draft mm. next year. Yeah. Uh, Callum Brown had 82 points on to Collingwood now then a lot to talk about but yeah Callum Brown's had uh, 82 points um, high on my draft wish list next season uh, he already gets midfield time he's silky out forward or I can get on board for next year yeah he actually reminds me of a young Jared Lyons okay yeah and Same. you know we know what Jared Lyons can do yeah gets dropped from heaps of clubs and yeah but scores <laughs> boy uh, we'll talk about Jared Lyons because he actually uh, in the Brisbane North Melbourne game that is because he actually looked like he was going to score 150 on the weekend and yeah. he only had 107 so I was kind of disappointed it was an awesome game by him but yeah uh, um, yeah, like I looked at the looked at his game and he was you know taking marks late and all yeah. that sort of stuff. There always seems to be games like goals. that in Brisbane. Brisbane seems yeah. to be like it feels like they're people are on heaters, but they're just like going okay. Yeah, I got no idea what goes on up there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, not a lot to talk about in this game. We have got no lines to talk about, despite the fact that they're winning. Apart from Jared Lyons looking uh, better than he actually scored. Uh, ben Brown was pretty dominant. He kicked three goals and had mm-hmm. eighty-one fantasy points. And I think he's going to be a handy pickup for finals. Um, yeah, because if he's in striking distance of the Coleman as well, they're just going to yeah. be feeding him too. I yeah. love these play. I love this kind of thinking this time of year actually as well like uh, if there's someone that could you know just they got to feed in round 23 or try to get them votes or try to get them points or whatever yeah yeah. well Cameron kicked six in the weekend so you yeah know, like yeah, he's going to be their main target going up forward too for GWS yeah they're going to try to get it to him but I think there's going to be more still more of a team focus at GWS whereas North they'll just go fuck it yeah let's feed him yeah. um, see how he goes especially if he has a big one this week and Cameron doesn't or something like that mm-hmm. uh, Josh Simkin had uh, 66 points he started really well but he's getting rolling he's getting the same role in the midfield just kind of less time in there I think as well but I still think he's worthy of going forward and another one like you know under a caretaker coach just trying things and stuff like yeah. that might be a bit of a beneficiary and yeah. a victim at times I'm interested he just seems to handball a lot which is probably doesn't help his scores because he yeah. always seems to get a, enough touches it just doesn't necessarily correlate into into good scores yeah uh, Freeman of Sydney uh, kick off with 3-0 Reese Conker his third ton for the year which is uh, kind of low flying I think he's obviously aided a bit by Fife's uh, missing out on the weekend there but if you look at him he's had 12 out of his 17 uh, games he's had 20 plus touches so he's very very consistent for that um 83 in his last five games and i reckon he could almost be pushing keeper status yeah we talked about a few weeks ago and if he was uh it was going to be a keeper and we, we kind of said he wouldn't be not as a midfielder but he's pushing his way towards it isn't he yeah and i think he's still he's still got a bit of scope to to grow a bit in that side too he's only 26 and you know he actually did have a bit of pedigree before he got ruined by richmond yeah. Mm. yeah. Interesting. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw, is he back, Hef? Uh, was he ever there? Uh, I don't know, was he? <laughs> well, he's back now. He's officially back. He's scoring he, the best he's ever scored, really. Oh, his first ton of the year uh, from yeah. 79% time on ground. So, uh, still not playing huge minutes. Yeah. Uh, and he's had back-to-back decent scores now. So, does it give you, obviously, you know, your team shit. So, <laughs> he's going to be a keeper for you. But, yeah. you know, for most people, would he would he sneak into a 12 or a 16? Oh, maybe a 16. 12 is hard. You know, he's a number two draft pick. And mm. his points per minute scoring is actually quite good. It's just the time on ground numbers that kill him. So, yeah. um, no, I've got confidence in him. There's a reason why I traded you know, for him this year. Third and, uh, year breakout next year. Yeah, hopefully. Mm. Uh, Sean Darcy, 77 from him. And he had some decent hit out numbers. So, now that Sandy's basically gone, you know, are we finally going to see a clean run at it for Sean Darcy to open up his path? Obviously, this year hasn't been his year. But, you know, can 2020 be... You know, something we can hope for. Haven't heard anything, but uh, in the very final minute of the game as well, uh, Rory Lobb done a stinger to his shoulder mm. as well. He was kind of slinging it up in his Guernsey. So I'm not sure what's happening there, but if he's the number one ruck again, uh, yeah, it could be some decent numbers for the remainder of the season. Especially for the end of the year, yeah. 
Uh, Dan Rampey had another 100, uh, 105 from him. He's basically averaging 80 this season. 29 years old. Is he a keeper? You know, like we've seen the Shannon yeah. Hearns, the Brad Shepherds, all this this rise of the previously uh, un-fantasy-friendly halfbacks who are now just scoring well. You see a lot of these blokes just pop up for a year and don't go. And mm-hmm. I kind of think that's where he's at, especially going to be 30 next year. Yeah. I probably he's just always in the keep of oh, sorry in the wa- in the waiver pool or the draft pool yeah. each year and I think he's yeah. just going to have to be there again next year I think Ooh, and if someone's interested I'd trade him yeah for if sure. someone wants him I'd give it to him yeah, just, yeah sneak it out uh, Tom Papley I'm kind of uh, really turning on to this guy he's uh, yeah I'm enjoying what he's doing recently 95 um, averaging 83 in his last five uh, I'm just I think he could be a real solid keeper because he's definitely going to keep his forward status and I think he can kind of push into the midfield a bit more and play that genuinely good you know forward mid role and I think 2020 could be an actual year for Papley yeah no he's a decent uh, decent player at the moment it's just the Sydney side as well there's so many opportunities for players yep. it's going to be pretty exciting to watch yeah Hayden McLean who I have no idea who was but he debuted 87 um, it was nice. crazy because uh, I think on Twitter they were going crazy they're like, oh, he's going to score 100 on Naboo. And then he just stopped dead, dead in his tracks like yeah. with a quarter to go. Uh, his needful numbers have been a bit poor, but he did have 16 hit outs. So, you know, with Sydney's ruck woes at the moment, and that's why he's been brought into the side, he could be quite handy for the next bit. Uh, well, they're still waiting on Sinclair, etc. to come back. So, yeah, obviously, Daddy's going to get a regular game, you know, next year when they're up and running, hopefully. But uh, interesting gap filler for 2019. Yeah, but with Sydney's ruck department as well, there's always injuries there too. So, he might actually see some time. Yeah. And lastly, Oliver Florent. I've gone super cold on him as a keeper prospect. He's had five successive games of 62 points or less. Yeah. And Sydney's midfield has presented a lot of opportunities in terms of, you know, there's been injuries, there's been, um, you know, plenty of opportunity for their kids to score. And, you know, Georgie Hewitt's probably taken his chances. Luke Pike has jumped up. You know, Florent hasn't really capitalised on his uh, his opportunities, I don't think. I like the way he plays football and there is some potential there. But yeah, I don't know. There's too much going on with that Sydney uh, midfield, the players that are running through it and stuff like that now. And it's just so hard to actually yeah. tell. He was tracking nicely and then he's just yeah. kind of dropped. So I'm a bit worried. Uh, uh, if you were talking 16 capers, I couldn't have him. How many uh, times were you offered Florent by the Florent owner in our league oh. last week, Kaz? <laughs> 26 Yeah a few times yeah. yeah I'm so glad the trade period's over So I don't have to talk about Oliver Florent as to, And as to why I don't want Oliver Florent in my side Again uh, Geelong Hawthorne uh, Yeah was this your game or one? No oh, it's, it's my game. Cool uh, Yeah that's right Blitzarves uh, 90 points uh, He's playing mainly in defence So there was no hit outs for him this week So he wasn't rucking at all That's a pretty good score for a defender And he's been mm. scoring well over the past month But uh, you know he's playing more so as a backup ruck In the last few weeks Not the case this time I don't know where I stand on him, to be honest. Um, oh, he's not one I'd be going near, but he's a really good streamer. Like, it's the perfect, like, I reckon it's the, he's one of the perfect streamers you can actually have. Yeah. And if you can actually pick the weeks, he's going to go large. But uh, he's too inconsistent for my liking. Correct. Agree. Uh, Jordan Clark had 54 points. He's not playing the midfield time he was the last few weeks. Uh, played up forward and back, like, kind of rolled between the two because he kicked the goal. And then by the end of the game, he ended up back across half back. Mm-hmm. Um, no midfield time this week. But yeah, I still have faith. So he's, oh. a, he's class acting. I was yeah. never expecting big things from no, him this neither. year. And he's actually impressed me from, yep. you know, what he's done. So yep. look, we're talking next 20, 2021, 20, you know, that kind of thing. I think he's going to be jet. Yep. Uh, moving on to Hawthorne. So yeah, Daniel Howard, 108 points uh, and uh, yeah, 98% uh, disposal efficiency. So he came in late. And he's usually used as a tagger, but uh, yeah, Shiel uh, went to Dangerfield, so um, 
yeah, Shields, sorry, went to Dangerfield. And uh, so it kind of wasn't where Shaw or his role was going to be. But yeah, he played on Ablett for a little bit and followed him around. But then, um, like, yeah, kind of played that across half back when Ablett was playing up forward as well and kind of played a bit loose off of him. So yeah, I just want to watch and see if this continues, especially mm. with Jarman Impia, see how they structure up down there. Yeah, uh, looking at his heat map on the weekend, he was very predominantly back. And even this season, he's been a bit more, you know, back mid. So could be a sneaky uh, defender chance next year. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's where he kind of started. Um, mm. There was like a three or four pre-seasons ago they played a game down in Tassie and he, he carved up and then went back uh, and scored really well and I think he was like a first or second round draft pick in our league that mm. year he actually mm. scored really well that year playing as a defender so the role suits him mm. um, he just got kind of stuck playing a few run with roles I reckon Yeah. Uh, if he can go back to full time defence there's definitely something there oh yeah uh, Ricky Henderson had 85 points this week and uh, it's just good to see him scoring well after a bit of a slump you know waiver pickup over the year in a lot of mm-hmm. leagues um, so hopefully he can maintain that for finals uh, Jack Gunston scored 84 after being Dropped uh, the week prior. Um, where does he stand in keepers' case? He's getting pretty old now. He's eighty four. Yeah, he'd be about thirty. I think he's gone yeah. as a keeper. As, as a keeper, a keeper prospect. Yeah, yeah. Not even sure if he's like he's. He should be best twenty two. But then you see um, Mitch Lewis like coming in and just carving up as well. So mm. um, yeah, I think he's kind of being overtaken there. Yeah, uh, Chad Wingard had 64. Likewise, Kays, where does he stand keeper-wise? Jeez, he's been disappointing again. He had that hot year. Yeah. All Australian year. He had a few then, hot years, really, yeah. like fantasy-wise. He's always around that 90 average. And then he's come to the Hawthorne well, and done. You know, yeah. what's happening with him? You know, it's that, obviously that's that role. You know, I think he obviously plays well when teams are up and about too because, yeah. you know, he gets that, you know. He's a downhill scare. Yeah, well, you said it. Um, but you'd probably have to keep him, you know, or you have to get something for him. You can't ever – you wouldn't be able to delist him or well, send him back to the Well, he's come back from injury. So, you know, he's probably a little bit out of touch. But what I did notice on the weekend, he was kind of just running through the middle in, in spurts as well. So mm-hmm. it looks like there might be a bit of a plan there to actually run him, like to keep him there. Yep. He plays his best foot in the midfield. Obviously, that doesn't help you if you want to draft a forward or, you know, play a forward. Um, but, you know, he will score well if he does play midfield. And I think it looks like Hawthorne are kind of – I think early in the season, they wanted him to play as a, as a small forward, a flashy forward up there. But I think he's actually going to go back into the midfield spot because I think that is probably his best position. It's probably where they need him too. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, and Mitch Lewis, we talked about it just before, but uh, he had 81 points and uh, kicked three goals. He's had three 80s in a row, so mm. he's got my attention now. I'm yeah. not sure where his ceiling would be. I think yeah. the 80 might be about his ceiling, yeah. um, but he's hitting it at the moment. So. Yeah, he's built like a big fridge. Yeah, he's, he's got a huge. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, I like him as a player. I think he's got a lot of talent. So, interesting to see how that kind of goes into fantasy-wise, and I think it obviously depends on how well Hawthorne are going too. For sure. All right, Melbourne versus West Coast Eagles in Alice Springs. Yes, uh, Bailey Fritch and Sauce. He had it on a string up at TIO or wherever it is called, Traeger Park up there. He was really good to watch. His hands were on fire too. Uh, it's his second big score of the last three weeks. He's knocked out a 134 and a 121 uh, two of the last three weeks. So it was interesting because the, the other big score, he didn't kick a goal. And then this weekend, he you know had a bunch of goals. So yeah. um, his big mark numbers were a big, um, you know, reason why he was scoring quite well in both get both games and because he's been added that defender status this season it'd yeah. be very interesting to see if he can hold that because if he can he might be a really really uh piece of hot property as a defender next year and definitely one to watch and i'll definitely be keeping him just on the back of what i've seen him do the last few weeks yeah it's just annoying that i dropped him in our redraft league probably won't get him back now poor half i don't know uh josh wagner he had 87 and he looked pretty solid in parts on Sunday, he's 25 years old, so he's just one of these guys who are in this uh, Melbourne mix, and I just don't know what's going to happen, you know, come the end of the year, or um, who is even in their best 22 when they are all fit. So, um, kind of hard to get a gauge on in terms of you know what he could be, could, uh, what he could be next year. So, just want to monitor for the rest of the year and just see how uh, Melbourne make up their side for the rest of this season. 
And Jackie Lever, 78 points from him. Obviously a very good interceptor. Uh, it's only his third game for the season and obviously not a keeper. But uh, I'm kind of thinking, you know, he's had a few when he was at the Crows and, and that he had a few years around that 60, high 60s, 70s. Could he be kind of a, a stash in terms, you know, he's still only 23, I think. Does he have enough, you know, fantasy chops with that defender ability, you know, high kick ratio, or is he just one that, you know, get you, you drop and then redraft again each year? Yeah, he's one of, oh, for me, he's not really a keeper. He's one of those players that you just pick knowing that he's going to play when he's not injured, play most weeks, score you around the 70s, high 60s, 75s, you know, that sort of stuff. Nice bench cover. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to be a keeper worthy for me. Uh, Jack Darling, he's rocketing back into form. He's kicked 16 snags in his last four games, and I think no matter what you do, you're going to start him from now in if you're hunting a flag is he a keeper though you know he's uh he's youngish still he's uh his last two seasons he's only average 76 and 69 so on that you probably go probably not but no. you know with josh kennedy slowing down what does that you know mean for west coast forward line and does it mean more goals to jack um probably but he's going to be like at his, at his best he's going to be what Josh Kennedy is was last year, the year before. Like Kennedy was keeper. Yeah, 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 definitely. Know, but um, I don't know. From, from this year's numbers, not. It's probably only worth considering until Kennedy 100% goes, I think. Mm-hmm. Fair call. And Willie Rowley, he had 77 from 72% time on ground. Uh, he had a bit of time in the guts and was pretty flashy when running through the middle. He's uh, obviously not a keeper for me. Just want to monitor because he is a bit older. He's 24. So uh, just keep an eye on him because I do like him if, you know, West Coast can inject a bit of that pace into their midfield. But uh, I'll just be monitoring him for the rest of 2019. Only if you can get permanent midfield time. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, last game of the round, St. Kilda versus Western Bulldogs. Start off with the mighty Saints. Uh, Jack Loney, he had 114, went absolutely bananas. Uh, and before he got injured, he was scoring very well this season and he's just kind of bounced back now after a game or two in. I think he's a real smoky for 2020. He's uh, had 290s and 270s this season in an injury interrupted year. He's only 22. And as a forward, I think he could be super value, uh, especially late or mid to late in draft rounds because I don't think many people will be keeping him and uh, I just kind of like the look of him at the moment. Yeah, and no, he's always had some, like I guess, potential. Mm-hmm. Started the year off really well as well and then fell away, he but it's good to see this. And another thing with a new coach or with a caretaker coach for now at least and then a new coach, it could just be what a product of what we're seeing and then like, you know, something different that they're going to be trying with him as well. Great. Uh, Hunter Clark, 93 in his last five and he's gone back-to-back tons. I was looking at it because I think I'm all over Hunter Clark going into next season and I was just wondering if he's going to keep that back status and I had a good look at his heat maps and I think he should keep it based yeah. on the heat maps. So, so do I. He hasn't played enough footy, I don't think, in the guts to uh, you know to actually move yeah, in full time. Because he was obviously everywhere on, uh, on Sunday, kicked a couple of goals as well. Week before, it was basically all back. So. Yeah, so I think even if he was a centre, I'd be keeping him for sure. But if he get, takes back status into next year, that is a genuine pickup of the year. And last Saint is Ben Patton. Uh, 84, my little stash uh, gut feel kind of uh, player. Nice interceptor on the weekend. And I can actually just see him being a long-termer of the Saints' back line. I think he's got a bit of talent and uh, just a genuine half-back flanker, which we do like. Um, Easton Wood for the Dogs. He had 95. Now, a little fun fact about Easton Wood, you know, because he should be scoring quite well because he's a very good intercept marker, kicks a bit. He's actually He actually scored more on Sunday than he had in his last three previous games combined. I don't know. Do you think Easton Wood actually should score well? He's Easton Wood. Yeah. He doesn't score well. No, but you, you just, I don't know. He's <laughs> old anyway. But anyway, I thought that was a fun fact. Uh, and Tim English, 86 from him. Um, he was probably he was pretty, pretty good on the weekend. Uh, Rowan Marshall was no easy feat. 
I just think he keeps looking stronger and stronger each week. I know he still gets beaten a bit, but I'm pretty confident he's going to keep getting better. Another pre-season under the belt, and I think 2020 would be a good year for him. You've got to take an 85 average Ruckman at his worst every day of the week. Yeah, so, great. Yeah. And last one, Sam Lloyd. He's uh, scored 85 on the weekend, and he's just so consistent. Uh, 79 average for the year. Definitely keeps his forward status. I reckon he could be a real smoky as a keeper in a you know a 16 man keeper league because he's a genuine forward. If you're getting 80 each week from your forward, um, I think that's a good get. The thing that like uh, I guess concerns me is pure analytical, pure data, and it's just that uh, guys generally see a bump when they go to a club for the first time, like for a new year. Mm. So, their first year, they actually have a bit of a bump and then they kind of revert to type after that. Um, I don't know if that'll be the case, but it's just something that concerns me, I guess. I'd, I'd be willing to take a flyer on him. That would be my thing, but we'll have a look for the rest of the season and see how they go. You do you, man. I will, <laughs> and I'll keep not winning flags. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll move on to From the Twos. Moving on to From the Twos, the segment where we look at all, the, well, I guess the top five state league scorers from all the leagues and, uh, yeah, pick out any gems that are there. So, in the Sandville case, surprise, surprise, after uh, getting injured last week, uh, Patrick Wilson notched up 130, still won't ever get a game for the Crows ever, so it doesn't matter. If there ever was a week he should get a game, it would be this week after that display from the Crows last oh, week. There's but been a few dismal uh, displays this year and he just hasn't been had a look in, so it doesn't really matter. My favourite thing on just from tonight's Adelaide radio was, you know, oh, Crows are horrible, they need to make changes, and they go through, oh, no, I can't drop him because he's, you know, everyone's favourite. They're just going to drop Taylor Walker and it's going to be nice. They should. He was yeah. no good. All right, uh, Trent McKenzie had 116, averaging 100. Uh, sorry, averaging 78. I uh, don't think get a look in. Look in. I think no. he might be uh, delisted by the end of the year. Uh, Sam Jacobs had 106. Again, no chance of coming in while uh, Riley O'Brien is having a huge year. <laughs> um, Willem Drew, 103. Now, he's someone who's actually a chance with uh, Ollie Wines out and a few dismal performances in midfield. If Houston doesn't come up, uh, Willem Drew might come in. I just can't see... I oh, know his sample score is really good. He's, uh, he's averaging 108, but it's just not going to transfer to uh, to mm-hmm. AFL, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, interesting one, Kai Pudney had 102. Now, we talked about him a bit in the uh, in the preseason. Again, uh, a bit of an accumulator, but just uh, a skinny little runt at the moment. It won't be playing for a couple of years, but when he does get that AFL debut, keep your eye on him because he plays, uh, plays like a fantasy player, that's for sure. Yeah, future fantasy jet. Yeah, if he plays. Yes. <laughs> or a great SNFL fantasy player yeah. if, you, if they ever introduced that format. Uh, VFL, Tommy Campbell, another week, another big score from him, 139. He's just averaging a lazy 126 this season. Uh, Jake Kennedy-Harris, 132 from him. He's amazingly averaging 104, which is uh, very good going there. Uh, Taya Miles. He'll probably, sorry, he'll probably come in for Melbourne this week just thinking about it. He should, yeah. yeah. Uh, Taya Miles, 128 from him. Patrick Nash, 128 from him as well. And Brandon White, 120. All right, on to the kneeful. So, Corey Lyons uh, scored 139. He's averaging 113 for the season. Another one he probably won't get a look in. Uh, Brisbane, that midfield is far too strong. They're flying. Uh, Tom Nichols had 129. Uh, so, another Ruckman there that probably won't come in, especially if two-meter Peters duking the backup uh, jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kieran Briggs, though, this is a good one. So, the GWS Ruckman, we're talking about GWS Rucks and who takes the uh, position next year. So, he's the uh, their draft pick that I think it was in the 20s. They picked him up uh, yeah. last year. So, he's a 19-year-old kid. Uh, he had 128. 
mate, and uh, yeah, it might be something to go forward. He actually made our top uh, fantasy draftees as well because he had a really good scoring uh, year in the under eighteen championships too. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Keys, one hundred nineteen in and out of the side, uh, dropped back this week and yeah, had one hundred nineteen, so that's good. He's averaging one hundred six. Jackson Haitley had one hundred fifteen, and he hasn't scored under a hundred this season <laughs> in the knee field. Just looking at scores, averaging one hundred seventeen, still can't get a run with all of GWS's midfielders out. So crazy, what's going on there? They're just making him really hungry. Yeah, uh, waffle or hungry for a trade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hungry, hungry of hungry for something. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Banfield, one fifty five. He's on fire, and the waffle just can't get a sniff in Freo's side. Surprisingly, uh, Mitch Crowden, one hundred eighteen. Another one of their. Uh, B graders who's playing quite well. Ryan Nyhouse, 83 from him. Tobe Watson, 77. And Hugh Dixon, one, uh, sorry, Hugh Dixon, 77. All right, uh, that's the uh, stately scores, and we'll move on to the captain's call. Okay, the captain's call, the segment where we look at some uh, blokes that might not be the most popular captain call at the moment or the bloke you'd stick the C on, but guys that have good history or that we think are are in good form and are worthy of uh, copping the C. So, first one we'll talk about is Zach Merritt. Now, he averages 116 against Gold Coast and 116 at Metricon Stadium. So, I guess anyone against Gold Coast is... uh, you know, generally pretty reasonable person to uh, put the captaincy on. He hasn't had the best last three scores, only averaging 99. He did have a big week last week, which probably would have uh, instilled some uh, confidence, kicking a few goals as well. They were nice. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so um, another one to put the put the C on. Stefan Martin um, is having a, a bit of an up and down season, but he averages 112 at the University of Tasmania Stadium. So another interesting one there. Joel Selwood averages 109 at the SCG. And Adam Trelaw averages 101 against Richmond and 105 uh, at the MCG, so that's uh, that's one to think about for someone that's not you know having the best uh, best run. But it's gone all right actually. He's averaging 111 from the last race. What am I saying? <laughs> um, then uh, from there we've got Tom Rockliffe. He's one that isn't really having a great run at the moment. It's a bit up and down. Okay. Only had 90 last week. Um, but yeah, he averages 104 um, against GWS and 104 at Adelaide Oval. Surprisingly, uh, a lot of double ups here. Um, Dyson uh, Heppel averages 104 also against uh, Gold Coast, and Jack Redden also averages 104 against. Uh, North Melbourne, so another one to think about. Uh, David Zaharakis averages 100 against Gold Coast and 100 at Metricon Stadium, so interesting. Uh, Clayton Oliver averages 104 against St Kilda. Sidebottom averages uh, 101 against Richmond, so uh, all these players are, are, are very... I'd be very happy to uh, chuck the C on. Likewise with Cripps against Adelaide, Zorko against Hawthorne, and Rory Laird against Carlton, and also Tom Phillips against Richmond also have uh, really good history against their opposition this week, so they're the players I I think that are worthy of the captain's call and uh, yeah uh, all these numbers come from our Patreon page so we have our state league numbers and our projections there each week along with a waiver wire mini episode that comes out on Monday evenings um, if you want to get involved in that head to uh, patreon.com slash keeper league pod uh, become a subscriber support us financially and uh, yeah you get access to all these little rewards here and there heaps of rewards all right let's move on to the listener tweets Okay, on to our favourite segment. Each week is listener tweets. Uh, we'll kick this one off with uh, from at TWR412. Who's the one to cut and target early in next year's draft out of Bose, Bailey Smith and James Rowbottom? 
Uh, pretty simple one for me. I think if Bose doesn't get back oh, and God. play in the last five games, it's got to be him. He'd be the one you cut. Um, oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say you wanted to keep Bose. That's no, he'd right. be the one you cut. Who's oh, the one to cut? Yeah. Second. If he doesn't play, you, you can't really go in there. Well, that's really because, sad. Because, well, he's probably going to lose back status too. So no, he's, I agree. I just can't believe up. you've come away from him this far from Jack Bose. I can talk with my head and not my heart, Ryan. Um, but yeah, I, oh, yeah, obviously, I'll be happy to keep Bailey Smith or James Rowbottom at this stage. Be happy to keep either th- all three, obviously. But uh, I think Bose probably cheapens up with uh, what's happened this season. Yeah, I'd probably be cutting Bose. Bailey Smith as well. Oh, yeah, exactly. You just look at what happens in the last if Bose does come back and see what he does. Last year, he finished like a house on fire. So if he does that again, that'll really make it tricky for you and you have to make that decision when it happens. Indeed. Um, I am someone else. One, uh, Brody Bose or Andy Brayshaw oh. for the last spot in a 12 team, 12 man keeper. Not Bose. Um, <laughs> Jeez, uh, I think I've talked about Bose enough that people actually think he's good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what's happened. Um, he's good. He's good. He's good. Brody or Brayshaw? Look, you've got Brayshaw, who's a consistent points per minute scorer. Mm-hmm. You got Brody, who's we don't really know if he's best twenty-two. Poor user of the ball. Really good fantasy potential. I think I would probably go where I'm at. I'd probably go Brody just because the potential to go huge. Yep. But uh, you'd go Brayshaw if you want a bit more consistency. Someone to play each week and go, okay, that's not going to cost you, I think. It's a, it's a tough decision. Depends where you're at, yeah. Really, I'm saying, yeah. I'd be going Brody ahead of Brayshaw, but um, I think it's the it's the high ceiling thing that kind of gets me for yeah, same. Brody. I like taking that risk. I think it's worth yeah. it. Uh, at OTLS, Archie, uh, what's worse, having an absolute shocker and getting thumped or having a really good weekend, scoring easily the second highest score in the league, but just happened to be playing the highest scoring team in the league that week? Yeah. Um, no, it's nothing worse than actually yeah, having the second best score. Yeah. That hurts more yeah. than anything in the world. Yeah. I'd rather get pumped. You know, sometimes there's nothing better than just, you know, all your players going absolutely shit ass on a Friday night yeah. and just knowing that you can take the weekend off mentally. Yeah. You don't have to be upset about anything. But when you're actually scoring well, you know, if you pull out at 1,800 and get rolled by a 1,900, geez, that brings yeah. a tear to your eye, doesn't it? Yeah. Just like uh, Shakespeare in the grand final last year. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> Why are we still talking about your grand final when it's almost- Because I've got about we three can, weeks to celebrate We can stop cup. talking about it soon. <laughs> thank fuck. Uh, at Bangers- uh, sorry, at Bangers Mash 85, what's happened to Paddy Lipinski? Well, uh, I watched yeah. the game on the weekend. He was still around the mark. It's just a bit of a dip. Um, really got to remember that the dogs are an absolute funny beast when it comes to fantasy stuff. You know, like, you know, you see great scores from someone each week and, you yeah. know, it's really only McRae and Dunkley, I suppose, that are the consistent scorers and the other ones tend to go up and down. You know, you look at Daniel Hunter, um, Lipinski now, like, it's just so hard. There's so many blokes doing the same thing on that side. Yeah. So, um, yeah, keep the faith. I reckon he's got the potential there. But, uh, you know, players at this stage in his career are always going to have up and downs. I think he looks a, looks a star. So, yeah. don't get too worried there at all. Uh, at Russ2468, I've got Jay Kelly on my bench with a calf injury. And I reckon he'll miss at least one fantasy final. I'm trying to trade him for Gorn, whose coach is out of finals contention. I already have McRae, Fife, Neil, Parker, Heppel, Fiorini, Prestia, Ebert, and Zaharakis as mids. Thoughts? Um, if you've got all those midfielders in there, you don't need Kelly. Mm-hmm. You might as well trade him out for the second best ruckman in the comp, who's probably head and shoulders above the third. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, you should do that trade, I think. Yeah. I think it probably just hurts because um, 
you know, we know that Kelly's going to be a gun for so long. But when you look through those not through those names, you've got so much youth in there. You know, McRae, Fife, Neil Parker, Heppel, Fiorini. They're all still pretty young. So you're going to have those guys for the next five or six years still scoring well. So um, it can be a bit heartbreaking, but I think it's a great move. Uh, at Trav014, got a backline of Hooley, Short, Houston, Stewart, and Leanit. Also, Daniel, who I'm playing forward, but obviously will be back next year. Hooley may go again, but who knows? Saying that, is it worth keeping Leanit? Oh, God. Rate his scoring potential. Give him a run, Ken. Hashtag sack Ken. Well, the only good thing about the tweet is the hashtag. Um, I, you ask us about Leanit every week uh, at Trav014. <laughs> um, I don't know. If, you, if you're keeping 16, and I know for a fact this guy, this league keeps 16 because he he's in our league, um, you surely have better things to keep than Leanit. Surely. Uh, yeah. Or look, if you look at, if you, if you want to keep a bit be, bit of a balanced side, you know, with your 16 keepers, you're definitely going to keep short Houston and Stewart. Yeah. You know, Daniel's obviously going to be a keeper. He's going to go back. So you've basically, well, because we play four backmen, I know that you've got your four backmen set. So I don't What's really know why you'd be keeping Lena and yeah. probably Hooley, um, you know, who's on the out. Hooley you have, could make a case for after another hot season. Yeah. It's not, it's not often like, because we play utilities in our league. So I think this is probably only relevant to us and people that pay utilities. But I don't mind the idea of keeping an extra back and an extra forward that you can play in utilities that still score well just in case mm. one of your backs does go down sure. so yeah. then you don't have to replace them with someone that scores 60 or whatever yeah. which are you know defenders especially the hardest to come by but, but I don't, if you if you if you're going to do that you're going to have a guy you're going to want to have a guy that plays every week and lean it's not that guy correct yeah. uh, at Arbor 19 the big weapon who are the big breakout candidates for the last few weeks of the season and going into next year so have we've bumped our heads together and come up with a little short list probably no surprise with some of these names um, uh, yeah. starting off with Andy Brayshaw yeah I'm pretty keen on Brayshaw especially if Fife's out for the time being um, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what he does we might see a little bit of a breakout here Kays yeah. what do you think uh, I'm all over Hunter Clark uh, I think he's going to be a jet hopefully he keeps his back status and I think you know, the last five weeks he could really put out some big numbers too and uh, there's a certain Gold Coast player that we just talked about Kays that you're mm-hmm. pretty keen on Will Brody as well we yeah. love his ceiling I think that's um, yeah you can't really go past that I just hope Stewie Drew just keeps playing him for the rest of the year yeah, a few, uh, I guess, iffier ones for me are Zach Fisher and Jai Simkin. Just two guys that are going to be playing under new coaches. Um, not setting the world on fire, though Simkin did have a good couple of weeks, but just want to see how they go for the, you know, yeah. last, last I just worry the their quality over quantity kind of players with those two. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, you know, if they do build up that quantity, then it's mm-hmm. going to be okay. Your boy Carly Amon, he has, he's playing really well this season and yep. uh, should be playing well next year. He's even one of if Port's he, best midfielders at the moment. And you want to trade him? Uh, no, not really. I was, I was, I've, I've overcome that now. I'm happy okay. to keep him. Good. Uh, Geordie Clark, he's going to be a gun for the future. Interesting to see how he kind of goes towards the end of the year, if he can keep going strong, uh, being a first-year player. Uh, a couple others that I'm keen on. Jack Graham, uh, just love his scoring potential, um, and he's scoring quite well on a good Richmond side at the moment. And Jack Silvani's doing some good things too. Um, yeah. You know, can't really complain about how well he's going. And James Rowbottom from Sydney, I think, is going to be interesting to watch over the last few weeks. He actually could be part of the reason why uh, Oliver Florent is dying True. as well. So yeah. uh, we got one last uh, question from uh, Jordan uh, Grigurki on Facebook. Now he's put through a bit of a spill. It's a bit of a paragraph, but he's um, essentially asking us uh, how do we make our choices on keepers? So he's got an example where he plays two rucks, but he's got that many good players in other positions. He's just not going to take two rucks, not going to keep two rucks and pick one up next year mm-hmm. in the draft. Yep. So he's basically asking us like thoughts on these kind of choices and how do you plan and work out your keeper's case? Yeah. Um, well, looking at, you know, my season was over probably a week or so ago. So I was really just trying to, you know, 
get 16 good keepers at this stage. Yep. Um, obviously, my tweet during the week went out, um, Lambert for Burton kind just of Just airing your dirty laundry and trades well, on our, on I our just page. thought, you know, I'm at, we've got such a good fan base, you know, I think, <laughs> so, just thought I'd put it to the listeners. They are quite knowledgeable. They are good for that, but yeah. I just don't feel like using them like that. Uh, well, I'm, I want to use and abuse the people. What's wrong with that? Like, anyway, <laughs> it came back 60-40 to take Burton, and I did because basically where I was at is that I wanted a bit more balance because- Sorry, we, what was the results? I missed that. Uh, Burton 60-40. Yeah, thought so. Yeah, so I did go with the trade because purely because if you look through, I wanted a bit more balance than I went into this season with. So yep. um, now I've got a bit of uh, depth in my back line, uh, Salem, Mills, and Burton now. And I had a strong forward line already with uh, Dugowie, Kurnow, um a few others, Smith, um, a couple others. So I was going to go in very forward heavy, especially if Lambert kept forward status. So um, for me, it was just trying to get, a, you know, three good batmen, three good forwards, um, a good solid midfield base, keeping Tim English and then just kind of, you know, whoever else is left. So I think you can't go in. It's it's hurt me previously when you've gone in with only one or two good backs and you've got to chase yeah. them early or, or vice versa in mids or forwards. So for me, it's good in good balance is more important than anything else. Yeah. So when I'm chasing, well, last year I was chasing a flag. Um, I went in with, yeah, trying to fill out my uh, like positional status first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So my backs and my forwards, because I figured, well, I always figure that yeah, they're the hardest uh, positions to come across. And so I'd keep extra in those positions just in case one goes down. And it actually worked really well because I'd Heath Shaw go down at the end of last year and I played Players. I can't remember specifically who it was. I think it was Hamish Hartley. I could just bring straight back in. Play. No, Hamish Hartley was injured. It was someone else. Well, Hamish Hartley was another one that went down, but I had players that I could bring in. I can't remember off the top of my head who they were, but players that I could bring in, no worries. Um, they could come in. So, like Jasper Pittard's the example I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Um, he would come in, and in the back end of last year, he was, you know, average 80 from his last five around that mark. So, just I kept him uh, as my probably last keeper as a result of that. So, if I'm contending, you want to kind of make sure you've got your positional bases covered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're lower in the down the chain and you're not going to be contending next year, it's more about just getting the best. 16 you possibly can yeah. and worrying about those filling those other positions in the draft and just pick up players they're going to play or mm-hmm. guys that have potential I think so yeah. and looking at their particular league you know they've only got 18 teams and have to play two Ruckman yes but that's a Ruckman from each team plus a couple so there's plenty of Rucks out there that are going to go into the draft so uh, it says he's letting go of Lobb, Lysett, Cruiser and Darcy who all are around that kind of 80-ish mark Ruckman they're not you're not, it's not yeah. like you're throwing away a Max Gorn kind of thing. So you can go in and you can keep, um, you know, Miller, Billing, Fiorini, who he's kind of got listed here. You keep those guys because they're actually good scorers and then go in and grab your Luckman later on. Do you know what, what would happen in our league? And I'm hoping his uh, league mates aren't listening is if you have a draft pick before him, you pick up all the rucks and you've just got some serious trade potential there as well. So yeah. just be wary of that because if your league is clever and I know there's a few guys that do in our league, they don't really draft for the best potential uh, player in the league. They draft the most valuable player to another team mm-hmm. and to, to see what they can use as leverage there so yep. it's a kind of a good trade tactic or a draft tactic there so as well so again hopefully your league mates aren't listening to that because that's what they're <laughs> probably going to try to do to you now so uh, yeah just be wary of that and have a look who's keeping what Ruckman definitely be um, you know just aware of what's going on there if everyone keeps two Ruckman then you're kind of you're going to struggle a bit I think you're going to have to try to pick up one of these guys if they don't go before you so mm. it's going to be a, a bit hard so just be wary I guess yep. alright balance 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 for sure uh, that moves us to the end of the uh, listener tweet so we actually got an iTunes review this week so thank you to Dave Quinlan uh, who gave us five stars and he said uh, great info on the pod and Patreon content you cannot get anywhere else legend Dave that's true you can't get anywhere else so uh, make sure you sign up alright that brings us to the end of the pod Uh, only what five or so weeks to go Case Mm -hmm. yeah it's going to be a pretty interesting run to the end and uh it's a lot of uh, last round for a lot of um, keeper yeah, leagues this season. Yeah, it's our last season. round. So, fuck for that. <laughs> yep, what a disaster it's been. Uh, but anyway, good luck if you're still contending. Good luck if you're heading into the finals. 
um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to hopefully not fielding a donut this week. Yeah, me too, actually. I traded out half my team this week, so for guys that aren't playing, only for playing the greater good. Yeah, exactly. Tom. Yes. All right, uh, we'll wrap it up there. So hit us up on our socials at Keeper League Pod. Um, that's on Facebook and Twitter, and head to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Keeper League Pod. The website is also www.keeperleaguepod.com.au, which has a lot of our Patreon stuff there as well. Anything else from you, guys? No, good luck to everyone competing for finals and uh, yeah, enjoy the relaxing time that is not being in finals. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Take it easy. See ya.